We've all heard the apocalyptic predictions about social security, the national debt, and other major issues that are supposed to sink the economy. Do any of these predictions have merit in the years ahead? On this episode, we'll try to separate the sensationalism from reality. A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, president of Skybox Financial Group. More than 20 years of planning experience brings great knowledge to the table each and every time we have a conversation. And yes, we are talking about those apocalyptic predictions today. Are any of these ever going to come true is what we want to know from Scott. And if so, what can we do about it? And uh, looking forward to that conversation. Scott, hope everything in your world is going smoothly. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know what I say? Every day I wake up, it's a great day. That's right. Yeah. Put one foot in front of the other and you're doing pretty good already, right? That's right. Very good. Well, if any of these apocalyptic predictions come true, that may not be the case anymore. So... Good point. Appropriate for us to dive into these. Uh, So let's get started here, Scott, and not waste any time today. So we got these apocalyptic predictions. Some of these are relatively new. Some have been around for a really long time. And so starting to wonder on some of those, are they ever going to come true? That's just kind of what we're looking to understand here. What's the big Mm -hmm. deal with these different issues and these big things that could go wrong out there in the world? Are they going to come true at some point in time or at least in some way, shape, or form? And how can we better prepare for all of it? So let's mm-hmm. start with Social Security, because that's definitely one we've been hearing for a while. You might have heard somebody say Social Security is going broke. They're going to have to cut everybody's benefit, and everybody loses their minds. So what's the big deal with that prediction? Well, I think this, like with a lot of these apocalyptic predictions that we are going to talk about, is that part of them have a little bit of seed of truth, and then they're just sensationalized from that point forward uh, in order to fit a narrative of certain people. And, and when we talk about Social Security, yes, we all know the situation with Social Security is, is that the way the system works is that it is paid by current people that are working, pay in the Social Security, and then those benefits go out. Well, throughout the years, we've utilized a lot of the extra cash reserve that we've had built up in Social Security. So as we get these more and more people retiring and collecting and they're living longer and we have a smaller workforce, the numbers start to have some issues. So the recent report from the Social Security Trust Committee is that they're going to start to have financial issues around 2035. So they've continued to stretch that out, and it looks now you know, that they, that's when they start to have issues. The system eventually will need to be fixed, but I don't think that they're going to be cutting people's benefits. There's other ways to fix it, and you have to remember, these are politicians that are making these decisions, okay? And what do politicians want to do? They want to make people happy. They want to stay in office, right? They don't want to they want to stay in that gravy train. They don't want to get kicked out and have to get a real job. Okay. So 
you know, th they definitely don't want to aggravate every senior citizen in America by cutting their benefits. But there are different ways that they can fix it. So, for instance, extending the age, which someone may be able to reach full retirement age for Social Security. So right now, you know, it's 66 in several months, depending on the year that we were born. They could push that out to 68 or 70 and delay and have less people on uh, Social Security at a certain point in time. Or they could, you know, they could, they could raise the cap on contributions. So in other words, if, if someone, you know, makes $300,000, they're going to have to pay Social Security tax on that full $300,000, not just on the 140 something thousand or whatever that number is right now. I don't have it right in front of me. So there are ways to fix it. And I don't think they're going to say, oh, I got to fix Social Security. Everybody's Social Security's cut in half. I just don't think politicians do that. Yeah, it seems like there's just so many other ways that they can tinker to keep pushing that can down the road, kicking that can down the road a little bit, that literally jumping straight to cutting benefits is probably something no one's ever going to want to actually do. No, no. So they'll, they'll find other ways to do it through taxes and things like that. So sounds like that apocalyptic prediction, you're you're not fully on board with that one necessarily coming true in, fru in that total fruition, but, but, but still just kind of trickling in that direction, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about the next one here? The national debt out of control. Tax rates going to go up through the roof at some point, and uh, we're all in big trouble there because taxes are just going to just going to kill us because of this national debt problem. Well, so you know, this one I'm a lot more on board with than the Social Security one because okay. right now our national debt is 98 percent of our gross domestic product. So it's 98 percent of what our size of our whole economy is, all the goods and services our economy produces. When last time we were back at this level was in you know, 1947, 1948, right after World War II. And we, that was the debt we incurred fighting the war. Okay? So you know what the largest tax rate, the highest tax rate was, Walter, in, in around that time period? Is that when we were like had a ninety percent bracket at one point? Yeah, ninety-one percent. Okay. You know, Ronald Reagan used to make movies during that time period, and he would make a hundred thousand dollars a movie. All right, so he only made one movie a year during that time period because if he made a second movie, he'd only keep nine cents on the dollar. Yeah. So what's the point? <laughs> yeah, he was working for free. So my point is, and I'm not saying we're going back to 91%, but what I'm saying is that that issue is starting to get bigger and bigger. We're borrowing 23% of what we spend every year. So we're adding to that, that national debt, because we don't have enough money coming in to cover what we're spending. So we either need to cut spending or those tax rates are going to go up. Again, getting back to politicians, we know once they give somebody something, it's hard to take it away. Okay, So I think eventually those tax rates are going to go up. I think it will be a dramatic change, but it will happen over time. The good news is there's a lot of planning we can do now to reduce your taxes in the future and get you to a point where you can have a tax-free retirement. And that's just getting a plan and a strategy in place. That's what our Roy Free Retirement Blueprint focuses on, Walter. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's a really good illustration, Scott, is to say, all right, here's one of these apocalyptic predictions that, in a way, probably will come true in the future in terms of those higher tax rates. So let's not play the game then. Let's play the game now and lessen and lessen and lessen that burden uh, that we would face tax-wise in the future if we truly think one of these predictions is going to come true. So (laughs) a lot of credence to that one, it sounds like. All right, how about this next one? Uh, Climate change is a serious problem, you might hear someone say, and that the economy needs to be overhauled in order to deal with it. We've seen a lot of this with the Green New Deal uh, that was proposed a couple of years back and continues to kind of be in the news pretty frequently of this collision of overhauling the economy uh, to kind of to save the world. And I know that's got a lot of politics wrapped into it as well. But from the economic side, what is there to be kind of focused on here? Well, you know what? I'm not a climatologist, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, whether or not climate change is, you know, an issue or not, okay? But, you know, one thing I'll tell you is that, you know, we're a global economy. Everybody on this planet has an impact on our climate, all right? And if, you know, China's cranking out a bunch of emissions, then you know they need the change as well as everybody else, right? We can't do that all on our own. You know, if it's an issue that we need to address, and, and to the degree, I'm not quite sure. Like I said, this is, isn't my deal. But from an economic standpoint, you know, we're starting to see that drive towards you know less impact on the climate and by looking at electric vehicles right so everybody's starting to you know more and more electric vehicles are coming out they're becoming more and more affordable so i think that the economy will change as far as some of the products and services we're now going to be offered and what's going to be you know more in favor down the road but you know there's other things too and like they say that you know our livestock produce three times or whatever the number is the pollution then um, cow, cow farts always seem to be in the news <laughs> yeah because it's the methane right, and right. You know, it, it, but they they're saying that produces even more pollution than cars well that's a diet change, right? I mean, that's not necessarily an economic change. So it's a very confusing kind of thing. But I think the economy will change because these new products and things that are focused towards climate change, whether it's, you know, solar panels or or whatever, are going to become more and more prevalent. Uh, But they all come with a price, too. Definitely come with a price. Got to always kind of weigh and, and balance those things out. So, Sounds like that one's not necessarily an apocalyptic prediction that you think is going to come true, but it's just kind of this debate that's going to continue to to rage, perhaps. Yes. It's going to be present in our lives, at least the the debate over it and the different solutions and proposals. That that part's not going to go away. Doesn't sound like it. Okay. All right, let's talk about inflation, something that's definitely been in the news lately uh, the last couple of years. Runaway inflation, oh, it's a big deal. It's going to rock the economy for years to come. Certainly there were a lot of fears about it last year. That seems to have uh, you know, kind of uh, waned a little bit this year in terms of fears. But in general, what do you think about an apocalyptic prediction given the debt, given um, you know, Social Security problems, given some of the other things we've already talked about, how big of a deal is runaway inflation and how that might impact the economy? Well, I think this one's kind of started to debunk itself naturally. Um, yeah, we had that high inflation, you know, that we we had back 
you know, a couple years ago, well, last year and, and, and starting the year before that. And then things started, the inflation rate started coming down. There's still some things that are inflated. Um, you know, we've seen home prices, you know, continue to, to stay high. And, you know, the cost of materials to build homes have remained high. And the funny thing about inflation is that once a lot of these prices go up, they don't come down. You know, if and I'm just making up numbers, but let's say a two by four cost you two dollars four years ago, and now it's five dollars. Is it going to go back to two dollars? No, they're going to probably lock it in not. At that new price, yeah. Right, right. It, we're a capitalist society, even though the cost of everything. I'd say, well, if people are buying it at five, why would I lower it to two? So a lot of the times, when these prices go up, they don't come back down. So that part of it certainly where we're going to have higher prices. And, and, you know, that leads to where we have to grow our money more. We need, to, we need to be able to keep up with these things. But, you know, inflation comes from a lot of different things cause inflation. But w- one of the big things that happened is that we recruit, re, uh, re-increased our money supply greatly uh, back during the pandemic. And we were just printing money and sending people checks. And we just pumped a bunch of cash into the system. That had an impact on creating some of this inflation, as well as supply chain issues, right? So we weren't able to get goods from China. So when there's a scarcity of goods, the prices go up. And then people have more money in their pocket because they were just given free money. So they're spending that money and continuing to drive those prices up. So all those things started to kind of combine together, create a perfect storm to give us that inflation. We started to see that, you know, some of those factors subside where instead of putting money into the economy, now we're pulling money out. And instead of, you know, supply chain issues have certainly started to subside. The Federal Reserve has increased interest rates, which made, again, that money much more scarce, which started to pull those rates down. So I don't think we're certainly going to have runaway inflation. Will prices stay high on a lot of the things we're used to buying? Certainly. But is are they going to continue to go up and up and up and up until we're all living on a box on the side of the road? I don't think so. Okay. Let's compare or contrast that one with the next one. Maybe the the cousin of inflation would be looking at higher interest rates and the worry that they will grind the economy to a halt eventually and crash the housing market because nobody's going to want to move while they've got a 3% interest rate on a current home. Has this one also been debunked with a little bit of a, a pausing in those rises? Well, so part again, just like the other ones, there's a little bit of seed of truth in here, kind of exaggerated. You know, the reality is, is that, yes, there is a scarcity of homes right now. And part of the reason is because people don't want it. They've got that low 2 3% mortgage. And they're like, well, if I had to move, I'd have to get a new one at 6 And my payment would be much higher. And, you know, so they simply don't move. A lot of money's been put into home renovations, fixing up what we have, so on and so forth. But I think that as, you know, those prices of those new homes have certainly gone up because the cost of that lumber and and the labor and all that stuff has gone up. And again, that's not necessarily going to come down. So those prices are going to stay high, but eventually rates are going to come down. Are they not, are they going to be around 3%? Probably not, but I don't know. But, you know, mortgage rates will eventually drop even a little bit more. And, you know, that housing market will continue to chug along. And yeah, I don't necessarily see in a big housing market crash, nothing like what we've seen 2000, 
uh, and eight when we had our housing crisis before. It's a little bit of a different deal. A lot of other things were in play there. This is a different situation, and I don't necessarily see that happening. Okay, very good. I'm going to throw one more at you, just a little bit of a different angle on this one. It's uh, looking into the future very specifically. This is a prediction that by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. This was actually uh, pretty much a statement from the World Economic Forum's prediction. Uh, They've made references to this in the past couple of years of their various releases of how we as a people are going to own less and less and less property in the coming years, and, and we'll be happy about it. And I'm just curious, as a financial advisor and a champion of financial independence and those kinds of things, what you think of that mentality and that prediction for kind of today's retirees and those approaching that uh, time of their life? Well, I, I pretty much say kapooey on this one. I, you know, I think the reality, and maybe if you look on a global stage, but when you look at the United States here, one of the one of the things that we you know, the American dream is to own your own home. I don't see that necessarily changing. I'm thinking that, you know, that property, you know, gives people stability. It gives them comfort. When you're retired and you own your home and you don't have to pay a rent or a mortgage, all you got to pay is your taxes. That makes your retirement much, much more comfortable. So I don't see people saying, oh, I'm going to be renting. I'm not going to be owning property anymore. Uh, and then continue to have that, that, you know, higher expenses in their retirement. To me, it just doesn't seem to make much sense. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think there's times where, uh, quote unquote, not owning something is nice because you don't have the burden of that responsibility. But wow, sometimes there's nothing more satisfying than owning something and being in charge of it and having that responsibility. So I think we still need a little bit of that in our lives. So that one I I have trouble getting on board with, especially if they're saying by 2030, that's some pretty fast change in in the world. Yeah. I don't know if we'd be ready for it to all happen that quickly. But no, and you look at how expensive rents are. Can you imagine somebody getting in their retirement and having to have a $2,000 a month rent payment on a single family home? Yeah. And, and, and in some areas, that is even not enough, right? To, yeah. To, to get something, if you want a little bit of a yard or something like that, now you're really in trouble. So yeah. great, great points. Well, there you go. Uh, some apocalyptic predictions. Not all of them we think are going to come true, but uh, certainly still brings up some very interesting issues and challenges when it comes to planning for your financial future. So if you need help navigating these kinds of waters, that's why Scott Searles is here, president of Skybox Financial Group, and you can get a complimentary review of your financial plan. You can get that worry-free retirement blueprint, the tax-free retirement toolkit. All of those great resources come along with the financial plan. All you have to do to set up that time to chat and ask questions that are on your mind and maybe go through the entire planning process with Scott, is to go to the website, talkwithscott.net, and schedule your time to visit. Smartphone or computer, either way works, talkwithscott.net. Or you can give him a call at 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. All right, now it's time to get to know Scott a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. All right, today we're getting to know Scott a little bit better, and we're talking, you know, kind of appropriate since we talked all about apocalyptic predictions on today's episode. Let's make our getting to know you questions, Scott, about your biggest irrational fear. What is your biggest irrational fear? It doesn't sound like it was one of those apocalyptic predictions we talked about. No, no, but you know what? I think, uh, you know, I don't know if it's an irrational fear, but I'm going to go with my biggest fear. How's okay, that? sure. It, it, it doesn't I, have to be irrational. I, you know, I, I think 
the I'm a little bit of a baby when it comes to spiders. Okay. I, I all right. I you know I I I don't know if I have any because there's some. It's maybe a little bit irrational, but yeah, it's rational. Some of those things can you know kill you, right? Sure. But you know what? And if it's just some big thinking spider jumped on my desk right now, I would I would probably do an elf and I would shut my eyes and run into the wall trying to get away. Yeah, I just I don't like spiders. I don't know if it's an ir- a little bit irrational, maybe a little rational. Well, in Ohio, you've got a few a few dangerous ones, right? You've got yeah, the, we got the, the black, black widows. widows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have uh, brown recluses? We do, but they're kind of few and far between. Okay, but so it's yeah, more about the widows, them. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so. those are no fun. Have you ever encountered one in real life, a black widow? I don't think I have. No. Hmm. So maybe maybe no. a little irrational, right? Like yeah, I, I I you know if I did, I probably didn't notice. I'm sure I've been spots where they were. I just didn't notice it. You know, right? Yeah. Nasty they're, outhouse. Somewhere they're quite or big, so you'll know it when you see one. Because you'd be like, oh my god, the thing is a lot bigger than I would have thought. Like that that big sack on their back end, it's, yeah. it's just larger than you would think. Because most spiders, I think we see, don't ha- quite have that large of a bulbous whatever that thing's called. And it, it, when I've seen them, I'm, I've always been very surprised. Like, whoa, okay, that's a little bigger than I thought. Um, I got the heebie-jeebies now just thinking just about ta- it. And I'm, I'm looking at pictures. Don't do that. That'll really throw you off. But <laughs> <laughs> Those darn spiders are always staring at me. Yes, they are the with worst. All their eyes. You know the worst thing with a spider is when you're driving in your car and one starts dangling down from, like, the oh. ceiling. You know, like they get in the car and then it's, you're driving at 55 miles an hour down the road and one starts dangling in front of you. That's... That's my, the worst. My, my daughter's car, uh, she you know, parked under a tree at one point in time and must have been like some spiders dropped down. And literally this girl had for years and years, spiders would be popping up in her car. You know, and they got in there somewhere and then they were living, make eggs next year. Oh, it's man. like so they would all they would just be popping up, and there was like those little like tree spiders, almost kind of those translucent like white kind of ones. But yeah, and and she ran across that several. She would come out to her car at school, and there would be like a web on the mirror or a web on the back trunk, you know, and the, cause these things would come out and make webs. And she's had them in her car, and you know, of course, she freaks out. I, I would too. Yeah, and, and she's like, "Dad, help!" And you're like, "Mom, go help." <laughs> I'm like, "Where's the blowtorch?" I'm I'm busy. Uh, go help. Uh, you you know I shouldn't tell you this, but you know uh, what they say about spiders in your sleep. Oh no. Oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. Go ahead, tell me. S- tell scientists me. say that you eat on average eight spiders a year while you're sleeping. Really? Yep. Where do these people live? I don't know, but that's what they say. I mean, think about it. You're sitting there sleeping for eight hours. Like Something's going to come crawling across you at some point. I guess. I guess. <laughs> that's great. That's so great. It, but it, the next time you wake up in the morning and there's kind of a funny taste in your mouth, and you're like, why do why, why I have a weird weird breath this morning? Why does my, why does my mouth taste so weird? That's what it was. <laughs> you know what it was. Well, you, when you lay in bed, you get like a weird little tingle, or you're like, "Wait, wait!" So you oh, feel like there's the something worst. on you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. you know, but it's just some weird little. Uh. Yeah, and, and so I freak myself out with that too. But mm-hmm. then I've seen on TV where, like, like in you know Arizona, 
you know, where they have the scorpions, that those darn things will come in the house and, like, live in your slipper. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you'll, you'll like, put your slipper on and get stung by a scorpion. I think, okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, that I'll, I'll use that as my irrational fear, is a snake in the toilet. I have really? an irrational fear that I'm going to be on the toilet and a snake's going to come up through the pipes. Because every once in a while you'll read a story of that happening in, like, Arizona or something. It, it's all in Arizona. The the scorpions and uh, the snake story is always in Arizona. A rattlesnake somehow ends up in somebody's toilet and the person gets bit on their behind while they sit down. Yeah. Wow. That's wow. my irrational fear. Well, so you're like you're like your number twos are like thirty seconds. Like, <laughs> I am not I'm hanging out. out. I am I'm not out. hanging out. <laughs> I I always check. I always check. Just to, okay. Anything in there? No, not at the moment. But <laughs> good oh, stuff. How do we, we get to this? point? We took some podcast. wild turns on that one. Yeah, we did. That was amazing. Wow. All right, let's try. We're not going to sleep tonight, by the way. Uh, let's see if we can try and get back on the right track with a listener question. Uh, Alex is on deck. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, Alex says, my brother told me that there's a spider in my... Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, My brother told me that there's a law from a few years ago that now forces my kids to take a lot of money out of my IRA in the first 10 years after I die. Do I have any options to combat this for them? You know, before we get to this question, I just thought of something. It's like, I don't need to eat dinner tonight because I'll probably eat a spider. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got, got, got a spider, yeah. <laughs> no, Alex, this is a great question. Good, and, good protein. Uh, good protein, Scott. Yes. Uh, no, this is a great question. And, you know, these laws on these retirement accounts are changing all the time. You know, the SECURE Act, and then we had the SECURE Act 2.0 that came along, and, there, and there's still not a lot of clarification on this. But, yes, what happened with the SECURE Act, which, which took in, into effect a few years ago, is that now when somebody inherits an IRA or Roth IRA and – you know, assuming it, it is your your kids, where there's going to be an age gap of over ten years, or, then they have to have that money out of that retirement account over a ten year time period. So, in other words, let's say you have a million dollar IRA, you have two kids, they're each inheriting half a million dollars each, and assuming you like them equally, and then everybody, you know, if they're smart, they would take fifty thousand dollars a year out over a 10-year time period because that 50000 is going to get added onto their income on their tax return every year. You don't want to necessarily wait to the end of the 10 years when that that half million dollars turns into seven hundred and fifty or whatever it does and then take it all in one big chunk because that's going to get your tax, that's going to hit their return in one big year and push them up in the brackets much, much higher. So the key is, yes, that you want to Look at options where you can start to minimize that burden on them. Roth conversions is a good way to go. Utilizing life insurance to cover the taxes on it works for some other people. Or simply spending some of that retirement money now at your lower tax brackets. So if you need $30,000 to live on to supplement your Social Security, start taking that $30,000 from an IRA because ultimately you will probably be paying less taxes. And like we mentioned in, in, the, in our apocalyptic predictions, that I think tax rates are going up in the future. So your kids 
when you pass away, are most likely going to be in their peak earning years. They're going to be in a much higher tax brackets, and they're going to end up paying a lot more on taxes in it on that money than you would now by doing those Roth conversions or doing uh, spending out of that IRA. All great points, Scott, and uh, it's a really good question. Thanks for sending that to us, Alex. Uh, you're paying attention uh, to your brother, uh, which in this case is helpful because pointing you to some of the recent changes and news, and you're doing the right thing by exploring a little bit further. So uh, sometimes that's all it takes to get launched into a great financial planning process is asking a simple question like that. Hey, I thought I was going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Sounds like I'm not going to be able to. Can you explain this? And usually that leads to a great conversation about your overall plan. So if you would like to have those kinds of conversations, conversations with Scott one-on-one, not just kind of, uh, you know, through osmosis, through the podcast here, you can certainly reach out and have a talk. And you can do that very easily by going to talkwithscott.net, talkwithscott.net, and schedule a time to visit from your smartphone or computer, or you can give them a call at 888-742-0111, 888-742-0111. Scott, thanks for all the great help on the show today. Good luck sleeping tonight after all that spider talk. I'm kind of scared of what ads Google and uh, and the like are going to serve me now after some funny Google searches today about, uh, you know, spiders eating them and all sorts of other weird things like that. So snakes in the toilet, snakes in the toilet. It's going to be an interesting snakes on a plane, snakes in the toilet. It's going to be uh, an interesting uh, next couple of hours to see what the, what the phone gives me. You here. get a lot of exterminator. Ads. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would not, not be too bad. Hopefully it's that nothing, nothing crazier. It's probably just going to be lots of articles about people getting bitten by various things. Probably that seems to be the most popular these days. Articles about what your fears are and the things that you're searching. But, well, they're trying to draw you in. That's right. In any event, thanks for all your help, and thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cavs. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.